Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 494 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be talking about looking after your home with Tommy Walsh. Also, we'll be talking to Stacey Solomon all about the 60th anniversary of Lego and the fantastic stuff you can do with those building blocks as we head towards Christmas. Absolutely fab. Uh, We'll be having a chat with Lucy Alexander. Uh, She's going to be letting us know about the things that we forget at Christmas. We've got some more fantastic festive tunes on the way. But first of all, I nipped along to meet up with some of the cast of New Old Friends there at the Litchfield Garrick with a brilliant show. I absolutely adored this show. In the interview, you can hear me talk about the fact I'm about to go and see it. And it was absolutely awesome, as we found out about Crimes of the Christmas Pudding. Crimes of the Christmas Pudding is at Litchfield Garrick right the way through until the 5th of January. I have Steve Rossens and Jill Myers. Hello. Good Hello. morning. Afternoon. afternoon. Where afternoon. are we? We're here chatting on a Sunday afternoon and you guys are preparing yourself to be on stage in the studio down here. And the, the, the crimes of have been a new old friend's favourite down here at the Garrick for some time now. And I've been to two of them and loved every minute of it. Excellent. I'm looking forward to this one, which I get to see a little bit later on today. So what can or can't you tell me, Jill, start off with you? Well, what you can expect is what you've seen in previous years, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the audience is coming back now and coming to, to, to follow up previous visits, is, is more of the silliness, the fun, but also a nice sort of Agatha Christie story. Yeah, you get, you get a whole feel of that, that Agatha Christie style, yeah. but with more yeah. laughs than she probably put into her novels. I think a little bit more yeah. comedy than And, and, and that's sort of the first draft, and it got taken out by the editor. That could, that could uh, be the way it worked Maybe out. that's what it was. Let's think yeah. of it that way, because I mean, Agatha, <laughs> she comes across as someone who's jolly good fun, really. Yeah, I've got so. And uh, tell us a bit about your character. Well, I'm playing Artemis Aranay, so The Crimes of the Christmas Pudding is actually based on a short story, which was a Poirot story. Uh-huh. So they just twisted it around, brought a little bit of uh, feminism possibly into it, and mm-hmm. now we have a female detective from Belgium. Well, that, I, that, that sounds good to me. And, uh, and she is um, brought in to investigate um, the loss of uh, a certain prince's uh, platinum and pearl ring. Okay, so now the way you looked across at Steve then, he may be involved in some way. So let's, <laughs> Steve, tell us a bit about uh, your part of the show. So, uh, yeah, as, as uh, Jill alluded to, um, I, I play uh, the Russian prince Milanov, uh, whose ring has been uh, stolen at the start of the the play, um, but that's uh, not my only involvement. It wouldn't be a wouldn't be a new old friend show oh, yeah, if I was you, just playing the one character. You have to work really hard. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> um, I mean, Jill gets the, the sort of easy job because she only yes. plays just just the one. Why's the pyro role? Did you get a moustache? You may see a moustache yes. okay. at some point. Right. Yes. Okay. So we, we, again, something we can't say too much about without spoiling it. It's such hard work talking about one of these shows. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. Where were you? Um, so yes. Yeah, so as well as as well as Prince Milanov, I'm also playing um, uh, Herr Schmidt, who is uh, the uh, German chef uh, at the Lorde Manor, which is where the mystery takes place and where the, the most of the play takes place uh, and as well as that I'm also playing uh, Lord Lorde who's the, um, the sort of man of the, the house the, the sort of patriarchal figure I'm also playing his son um, Oliver well, at least there'll be a family resemblance there, so that yes, be good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it helps, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah, no, I'm not sure if with the wig I, I still look quite the same. But um, <laughs> uh, And then I also play um, 
Who's my other character? Jerry Watts. As, as long well. as you remember the lines when you get there, it's not <laughs> yeah. so much of a problem. Everyone else has to remember your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, yeah. So I also play Jerry Watt, who's the um, the, the one of the neighbours um, from a um, hundred acres down the road, um, who's uh, a sort of new money, uh, slightly dodgy Cockney geezer, um, and uh, and that's that's predominantly it. There may be a couple of other. Um, other little bits and pieces that I do. There might be some animals involved, some inanimate objects, okay. uh, that sort of thing. So an array of accents and uh, all sorts of, and all this for a Wolverhampton lad as well. So. I know, right? Yeah, cover all the bases. I've come, I've come a long way. Yeah, that's all right. We like it. So again, Joel, it, it must be great fun being part of any one of these shows. And uh, I mean, New Old Friends is a great company to be working with, isn't it? It's a lovely company to work for. for. Um, this is my second show for them. This is the first time I've done a Christmas show in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have a great following, especially here in Litchfield. And um, and as Steve was explaining, there's four of us in the show. I, I get the, the easy part. I'm sort of the straight woman in one frock. Everyone else, I hate to think how many different costume changes you guys have. Oh, I haven't counted yet. And at the same time, they've got costume changes. They're changing the set because the set is moving around. It's very... Um, visual or mm. then and fluid the yeah. set so it's busy 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 so yeah. they're absolutely buckets of sweat and I just have to talk basically but, yeah but you've got to deliver the lines the way you deliver <laughs> them and that's going to be amazing isn't it well, I was, was going to say crossed. I mean yeah I was, I, was, I, was sort of, I was sort of joking when I said that Jill had the easy job I <laughs> we, we're, we're always backstage kind of scrambling in, in and out of costumes going we don't envy Jill at all because she has to she, you know her, her role is to kind of drive the story you've got to carry it and and she, this, yeah, this is all on your shoulders basically oh, doesn't oh, the pressure yeah, on absolutely. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jill basically doesn't stop talking for about two hours, so it's uh, it's an unenviable task. Well, as you talked about the set there, I mean that the set is always part of the show, more than just being a backdrop, isn't it? When it's new old friends, absolutely. It's all got to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, not giving too much away, but we have sort of two journeys. One being um, Artemis Arene on the way to. Um, Lord Lorde's manor, so she has all sorts of different ways of getting there, um, modes of transport, which mm-hmm. the set will become. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing to look out for. And so all this is going to be around telling a, a great mystery tale too, with giggles. So I, I, I don't think this is something that anyone should miss out on, is it? Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Come along and see it. <laughs> Literalgarrick.com is the website, or give the box office a call on 01543 412 121. It is a Christmas must-see. And it's it's great. It's, it's, it's kind of a bit like... Panto purely for adults because there is that much comedy in it, but still you've got a serious story to kind of work with as well. Absolutely, mm. you've, you've you've got the Agatha Christie story. You've got adult con- content, not too naughty. Yeah, not just um, seaside, seaside comedy, yeah. seaside postcards, uh, with a bit of a good story and lots of belly laughs. Well, it is going to be an absolute treat based on what I've seen before. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the show. Stephen Jill, thank you for having a chat with us. Pleasure. These bells will ring when peace has come These bells will ring when peace has come And peace will come when the world is one Peace will come when the world is one These bells will ring when peace has come These bells will ring Come and peace will come when the world is one. Peace will come when the world is one. This Christmas day, reach out your hand.
Research suggests that Brits spend upwards of £111 on extra everyday items they forget when hosting over the Christmas period. And this is all on top of the fact they started planning for their Christmas due back on the 20th of November. To tell us more, somebody who's always well planned and knows exactly what's going on around her home, TV presenter, property inventorious expert and so much other stuff too, Lucy Alexander. Hello. Hello. I love it that you say so much other stuff. That is true. We can't um, cover everything that you do, can no, we? That's the problem. No. Because we'd be here all day and actually we're here to talk about Christmas and the festivities and everything we need to talk about. Are you organised and prepared this year, Jason? Have you got your list sorted? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much sorted. The presents are done. Uh, as far as food goes, I've got a few things to pick up that obviously need to be got fresh close to the time. But pretty much I'm there, I think. But I could, I could have forgot my gravy boat. You never know, because that is top of the list <laughs> of things that people don't think of. Oh, right. We can move on to that. Now, let's talk about this, because the research by Gumtree reveals that while half of Brits say they're excited about the prospect of hosting, 27 of us feel really under pressure and 11% of us wholly unprepared for Christmas <laughs> because the top stresses include things like keeping all your guests entertained and happy, uh, cooking for more than one person, you know, cooking for more people than usual, your food going cold before you've even served it, the expense. Also, a fifth of all hosts worry about not having all the necessary items on the day. And when I say that, I'm talking about the gravy boat. Yeah, it's, it's important. there's nothing worse, is there? If you're down the end of the table, there's 10 people around the big long table and there's one gravy boat. That's just not on, is it? Yeah, you end up trying to fashion something out of the custard jug and that doesn't look quite the same. <laughs> exactly. So that is why I'm sort of saying to people, try and be resourceful. You know, you can go onto the Gumtree website, you can order up a couple of gravy boats, you can get all the extra necessities that you need. Because I think people are so worried about not having the right bits and pieces for Christmas. If you can think ahead, if you can get your list sorted and think about things like extra chairs. So, you know, you might have a dining table with four chairs, then you're going to have 10 people around for lunch. Try and think about that. Nobody wants the old garden chair, do they, to sit on? (laughs) A bigger table, perhaps, your extra plates, your bowls, the cutlery. Think maybe about laying your Christmas table out the day before so you've got everything you need, you know, knives, forks, spoons for all the courses, extra glasses, your water glass, your red wine glasses. Because when people come in through the door, first thing you do is say, oh, do you want a drink? And you don't want to take the glasses off the Christmas table. That really annoys me when people do that. I'm Mm. like, no, that's for the Christmas lunch. Get some plastic ones in. No, get something no. nice off Gumtree. That'll do the job. But uh, it's obviously Gumtree's a great place for getting these things for great value too. It could well be somebody ended up buying too many gravy boats last Christmas and uh, now trying to get rid of the three spares that they've got. You so, always drink your, listen, you can drink your Prosecco out of a gravy boat. There's nothing wrong with that. You're telling me too much about your time at Christmas. I don't think I need to know that much. <laughs> oh, listen, it's fun around the Alexander household. I, You know, it really is. 
You're not proud. But I mean, the, the bit I liked about this survey is apparently 29 years old is the average age when people first invite friends and family over to be entertained on Christmas or Boxing Day. And I, I was well ahead of that because I, I kind of, we had a Christmas dinner when I was at university and we'd sit around and invite, oh. invite all our mates over. And that way we got about two or three Christmas dinners in before Christmas. Um, so how old were you when you hosted your first Christmas then? Uh, I, I was probably about 19, something like that. Yeah, fantastic. I was 20 when I hosted mine, and I really thought I knew everything. And obviously, I knew nothing. <laughs> and looking back, it was pretty, pretty awful. But now, you know, I just like to make sure that everything's ticked off. It's all done. You know, your guests are having a great time. You know, you just want it to be relaxed. It's festive family fun, isn't it? And it's about making those Christmas memories. Yeah, well, you say about knowing nothing. We actually tried to carve the turkey upside down, and we couldn't work out where all the meat had gone. I had I had help from one of my friends who was a civil engineer, so we had to go back to the plans and work on it again. But uh, I love it—a civil engineer carving the turkey upside down at university. Yeah, what I'll, could be better? I was a chemist. I was in charge of gravy, so uh, that's what counts. <laughs> But I mean, there's, there's all sorts of stuff to do in the run-up and it really is time to make a plan. And it is about getting that list, isn't it? So you, you do yeah. want to run down. And uh, uh, what are your top tips for, for, for how to compile that list? Do you like walk around the house trying to work out what's missing? No, I'm just really organised. And do you know what? I'm quite old now, so I've done quite a few Christmases. <laughs> You're only a bit older than me. You're, you're one year older than me. Come on. Oh, well, exactly. I'm old. Exactly. <laughs> Cheers. So, you know, things like you can use a cool box to uh, free up your fridge space. So, you know, at Christmas, you've got all the extra bits and pieces. Get rid of some of the stuff that's in your fridge, stick it in a cool box, and and, and then there's enough room for the turkey. Uh, You could do things like use a spare curtain as a tablecloth because you might not have the expense to go out and buy beautiful, huge white linen tablecloth. So things like that are quite good. Um, you can you can count your cutlery for all your courses to get that super organised. Turn your bin into a giant ice bucket. So if you don't have enough space and you want to put all the wine, all the booze, everything, you know, just use your bin and you know stick all loads of ice cubes in there. So there's so much you can do, but be resourceful as well. Now, the be bit- resourceful. And on the list of stuff that came through today for our conversation, I was intrigued by fashion a Christmas tree from an old ladder. Now, do you well, know? Well, come on, explain this one. <laughs> You know, I left that one out of the list as I was talking to you because I knew you were going to pull me up on that. Absolutely. Right, listen, you've been a student. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think we probably used a toilet brush and painted it green, to be honest. Listen, you don't have to use a ladder. What I used to do, I I used to not buy a Christmas tree in my youthful days. And I used to have one of those big old sort of cheese plants standing in the corner. Just wrap loads of Christmas lights around a plant. But if you did put up a step ladder, you'll see what I mean. If you put all your Ah, Christmas lights on it, you can put lots of plants on each step. So you've got a lovely bit of foliage going on, Christmas lights, stick a bit of tinsel. It's almost like a big celebratory thing in the room that will just remind you of Christmas. And it will certainly give everyone a laugh. Well, we'll see what we had. We had another civil engineer. This one was called Chris, and we stood him in the corner with lights on. But there we go. Uh, you him. <laughs> yeah, it's, somebody switched him on and they glowed for the whole of the period of Christmas. But there we are. So we, we've got to get ready. Gumtree, as you, as you mentioned, is a place to go and find all of this stuff at great prices, Absolutely. a bit of upcycling. Yeah. So what's the web address? Absolutely, Jason. Listen, just make sure that you get your lovely listeners to visit the Gumtree blog for more research. If you just type that in, everything will come up. Lots of tips and lots of info for you. And just I hope you all have a really fantastic Christmas. 
Well, yeah, it's good. Gumtree.co.uk and the Gumtree blog on there will be absolutely fantastic. Lucy, you have an absolutely fantastic <laughs> festive period too, however strange it gets in your household, guzzling. Oh, I can't wait to come round and see that ladder in the corner of your room. Okay, you're invited. <laughs> uh, don't come round to Boxing Day, though, because we want to make sure that we've hidden half the cutlery in case you steal it. Okay. Righty-o, righty-o. <laughs> <laughs> see you soon. See you soon. Drive now. Bye. Winter home checklists, much like an MOT for your car, could help 51% of Brits who spend less than two hours preparing their home for winter. What's involved in getting your house ready for winter? Hopefully, a man who can tell me more is Tommy Walsh, builder and TV personality. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, Jason. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, what should I be doing then to get the house ready for winter? Well, the first thing you have to do is apply a a large dose of common sense. When I first heard about this uh, this sort of house MOT, I was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but the more I think about it, the more it makes real good sense. And uh, I think the UIA insurance company have come up with the idea deserve a big pat on the back. Because when we look at our cars, we often think about not only the actual MOT, but also things like tyres and screen wash and all those little bits and pieces that do get you ready for the winter months, like antifreeze. Obviously, we need to make sure our boilers are ready for the winter period, but there's more to it than that as well, because the last thing you want is a leaky roof in the middle of January. Yeah, well, there's three sort of uh, natural elements that cause most of the problems that occur throughout the year, but generally far more focused in the winter. And that's uh, temperature, where um, the temperature drops below freezing. 
um, rain, which we can have like monsoon type uh, uh, issues <laughs> in the winter, and also wind. Mm-hmm. Wind causes all sorts of problems, blowing tiles and slates off the roof, uh, blowing down fences, you know, all these sorts of problems. And, and they, they can all be very expensive to address. And most people tend to think that insurance companies will pay out regardless, but that's not the case. If the uh, if the insurance company think that you've been, um, let's say, absent in your duties, your responsibilities to to the home, then they they'll uh, avoid paying you out. They'll say it's just down to bad maintenance. So people need to to realise. That's why I think uh, an MOT for your house is a good idea. People need to realise what they need to do and when. They shouldn't really operate, Jason, in the winter to do this. It should be done sort of late summer, early autumn to mid-autumn and while the weather's still half decent. Mm -hmm. And you touched on a a thing about the central heating system. Yeah, get it serviced um, as early as you can because you'll be able to strike a deal with with an engineer. If you try and get an engineer now to come around and service your boiler, you'll probably pay 30, 40 or 50% more than you would have done six weeks ago. So it is important to, to look at these things. And then when I moved into my house th- three, three, three or four years ago now, of course, at that point, you've actually had someone do a survey on it so you know what's wrong. So things like you're talking about tiles and the like, I was having building work done. So to make it cheaper in the long run, I actually had the entire roof retiled and the chimney, which I was no longer using, taken down. And that took away the risk of uh, the chimney itself collapsing and also a potential leakage around that sort of joint. So there are things that we can do as part of bigger projects around our home but the little things as well like looking out to see whether you know those bits that sit on top of the roof i don't know the name of on top of the tiles aren't starting to fall off come on you, you can probably enlighten me on that that roundy bit on top of the roof what's that called? yeah that's called the ridge Aha. that's called the ridge the ridge tile yeah so that, that's, that's the sort of thing that's going to go first isn't it there, there are signs out there well if it's been if you've had your roof redone completely that was having good foresight on your on your part but also, when you were doing that, if you were to plan it properly, because you've got a scaffold up, you would do the repointing to the house, if necessary, anywhere, and redecorate the outside while you've got the scaffolding up all at the same time. You'd only want to paper the scaffolding once. And that's what I, I'm talking about, uh, where you apply a bit of common sense mm-hmm. and, it, and, uh, and try and sort of plan your projects properly, you know? It's a bit like uh, if you're going to get in, in your car and travel... Uh, you know, the distance of the land, you would check all the tyres, the oil and water. You'd make sure you had certain things in the car in case you had a breakdown. You'd probably have some uh, recovery cover. You'd have all that in place before you went on the journey. You wouldn't decide to do it halfway halfway up the journey or when you'd actually broken down. Mm-hmm. So this, this is what you have to do, is apply that same sort of common sense to, uh, the, if you like, to your residence MOT, you know, it makes sense. And it's important things as well, like clearing the moss out of guttering so that doesn't back up and then cause a problem that will potentially cause you to try and put in uh, an insurance claim. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, if your gutters are blocked, normally it's by leaves or whatever, uh, and the downpipe and and also, it's not just that, it's also at the bottom where the drains are, you've got a gully there so you should clean the gully out as well but all that can be avoided very simply by earlier in the year when the when it's more suitable to put what we call a gutter guard on the gutter that's a bit of mesh that fits along over the gutter stops the leaves getting in but allows the water to filter through because as you accurately said if you don't do that and you're blocking the gutters the water will run over the gutter and down the wall 
and then of course you're going to get ingression of water in through the the brickwork or the blockwork into the house which is going to show up damp on the inside damage your plaster and then you've got a major job on your hands and if it is going in as well if that freezes during the winter months it could cause the uh, the pointing to go the brickwork to start to fail too so it could be a bigger problem than it could easily have been put right by avoiding a bit of moss or, or leaves spot on that's exactly what happens when you have an ingression of water say for instance most a lot of people go away for a few days over christmas to visit relatives or whatever and when you leave your home, the first thing you should do is fight. You know, obviously, you should you should have already located the stopcock. Turn that off uh, and drain down any stored water. Not the central heating system, just stored water. So you're not because all stored water for the pressure it gives us is stored in the loft at the top of the house. So if it freezes and you've got a burst pipe or a burst tank or a problem. All the water that's up there in that stored area will come right through your house till it gets to the ground floor or the basement, whichever's first. And the damage it does is unbelievable. And if you haven't turned off the stopcock, it will keep recharging those stored water holders, and then that will all constantly leak out the fractured pipe. And if you're away for seven days, you can have seven days and nights of water running. And the damage it does, it will take you eight months before you get back in your house. And the irony of it all, if you're on a water meter, you're going to have to pay for that water that's ruined your house, just to add insult to injury. Yeah, best avoided. Make sure you're checking these things first and, and look at the whole situation. And uh, obviously this whole uh, MOT for the house, this is covered on the UIA website, isn't it? That's right. So people can, they want to find out more, just go in to www.uia.co.uk and that'll give you all the information that you need on the research. So lots of great tips, brilliant ways of finding out what can go wrong, but making sure you don't fall foul of freezes and the other extreme weather that we have uh, across our winter months. And uh, Make sure your home is still your castle, and uh, hopefully you'll have a nice garden as well. I'm sure you've done enough of those in your That's time to, uh, to make sure they're looking good too. That's right, Jason. And also have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Fingers crossed we will do. You too, Tommy. Great to speak to you. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. OK, bye-bye.
Research has revealed that 98% of parents think that play is a key factor in developing their children's creativity. And Lego is celebrating 60 years of creativity this Christmas. To tell us more about the survey and what you can build out of Lego, I'm joined now by Stacey Solomon. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Jason. How, How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Now, now, we've all stood on a Lego brick in the middle of the night, but oh. other than that, Lego <laughs> is an amazing toy, isn't it? I absolutely love it. I feel that it's something that I can engage in with my children. I can watch them go into a completely different world of their own. Really, you know, it's reach inside their imaginations. And I, and I love it. It's exciting as well. You know, like you said, it's the 60th anniversary um, for Lego. So they are encouraging families and children to get together and create and be imaginative. Now, are you, are you more a Duplo girl or do you like the, 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 the little bricks? Because the Duplo no, is like the little. I like the little bricks. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's subjective, isn't it? It's whatever age they're at, you yeah. know, because at one point they could only play with the Duplo. But the little bricks for me now, I find you can get much, so much more detail. It's more intricate. Yeah, I love it. And you can build all sorts of things from the world of Harry Potter through Star Wars. There's some amazing stuff in the Lego range, isn't there? They've got everything nowadays, haven't they? I mean, my youngest is into the Minecraft Lego because mm. they've got all of that stuff. My eldest does all the Avengers. They've got absolutely everything. I don't know how they do it. Well, it, it is brilliant stuff and, and what were you most proud of building out of lego when you were younger oh i think i might have built a vet like an animal hospital yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna sound very sad but i was actually really proud of it i, I reckon it probably just looked like a general square house yeah. with a couple of lego animals in it but oh at that point in my life i really think thought i'd reached my peak but it is that imagination though, that it does build and it does develop and, and this is why it is so special. And the, and the survey itself it tells us that, uh, how important it is for that creativity from an early age. Yeah, I mean, I look at my children and, and I think about what it does to them outside of play. So when they're, when they're playing with stuff like the building bricks and they're getting in their imagination out there and they're telling me, oh, I'm going to go here and then I'm going to build this and it's got to be this big and that small. And they, they're going into this whole fantasy world. Then when I come to sit down with them and say, oh, should we do some creative writing for school? It's almost like they go hand in hand. Developing their imagination through play so that they enjoy it then makes it easier for you to, to encourage them to do it through work and, and in the school side of things. So I, I think it's an imperative part of their learning. And, you know, a tool that is 60 years old, this is a creative thing. But it is such fun to play with. And I like the best bit is if you had an original Lego brick, not only would it be worth a fortune, but it would also fit on top of the modern stuff as well because it is one of those things. It, it hasn't changed at all. Fortune. I'm sure. I'm sure some of the early stuff. Well, my be. grandma has my mum's old Lego from at least fifty years ago, and my mum's the youngest of all her siblings, so it might even be older than that. And it was all red and white. There were no other colours, 
um, in a giant box, and me and my kids have played with it. So every generation has, has played with it, and she still has it now. So I might ask for that in her wheel. Have a, have a little look and <laughs> yeah, get it on eBay, see what you can get for it. But I mean, it is part of a family history, and the tradition of handing it down is is absolutely lovely, isn't it? So it is nice to know that exactly. it, it's something we all share. It's, it, exactly. It's got years of history, and, and, and it's the common ground. You know, when I grew up, I knew how to play with it with my kids. My mum knew how to play with it with me, and my children will be able to play with it with their children, and that is a wonderful thing. Well, from its humble beginnings in Denmark to now the massive Lego franchise across the globe, it's all going to be brilliant. Lego.com is the website. I'm going to go make a Lego Stacey Solomon. Oh, lovely God, sp- it might take you a while. <laughs> It'd be fantastic, though. Stacey, lovely to speak to you. Thanks for joining us. Have a fantastic Christmas. So nice to speak to you too. Take care. Go build some more Lego things. Ta-ra now. Bye, guys. Ribbons and rings, sparkly things, life in the pine and lights on a string. The table is set. There's just one thing left. Well, peace come in time for Christmas. Everyone's here and those who are gone. Round the round table we'll keep their light on. The places are set, there's just one thing left. Well, peace come in time for Christmas. The buttery crust Visions of sugar plums Wrapped in our love Could peace be waiting Waiting on us Will peace come in time For Christmas For Christmas. YouTube has been revealing the most popular videos and trends for 2018 on the service that began back in 2005. To tell us more, I'm joined now from YouTube by Susan Tredrita, Communications Manager. Hello. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Well, good to talk to you. So tell us a, a bit about what we have been watching in 2018. So we took a look at the top trending YouTube videos in the UK, and actually coming in at number one is Paul McCartney's Carpool Karaoke. I don't know, did you see it? I have to admit, I haven't watched that one, but I know James Corden has been sending loads of traffic your way. 
It is. I mean, it's such a successful show. And I have to say, Paul McCartney is, is, is a really special segment because not only do you get to see him in the car with James Corden, but as a special tribute, he also goes back to his childhood home in Liverpool and even does a surprise performance in a local pub. It's really, really special. I definitely think you should check it out. I will be clicking on that one, but I'll be one of the many millions who have. And yeah, every month, 1.9 billion people visit the site. So there's a lot exactly. of videos to click on here. So the, the top 10 uh, must have absolutely yeah, hundreds of millions of hits. Yes, we see, you know, lots of people tuning into these videos. And what we see is that they're not just viral sensations, but they also really capture kind of the spirit of the year. So you'll see in the top 10 trending list for the UK, we see, you know, not only Paul McCartney, but we also see, you know, of course, the, the live stream of the royal wedding. So this was such a huge moment in the UK, but also globally. And so people everywhere were tuning in. We actually saw about 11.2 million people were tuning into the live stream to actually watch uh, Harry and Meghan and get hitched. Now, I have seen, though, the bad lip-reading spoof that is on there yes. as well, and that was amazing. I know. It's, 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 it's actually really interesting because you see, you know, these these huge events and moments that really take over YouTube. But then the best thing about it is then you see sort of this, the side videos that get created after these moments. Um, and, of course, the bad lip reading is definitely a good example of that. So inspiring creativity, giving people the platform to be able to share it, but also being able to, 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 to go, hang on, look at this, look at what we did. So uh, Exactly. You know, it's uh, it, it it is good fun, and then so it's been ten years since you've been doing rewind as well. So you've been able to yeah. build this up over a, a number of years, and it's uh, it, it must be great sort of dipping in and out of, of of the past and seeing what's been popular. It is. It's a really fun look at sort of the spirit of the year, what captured people's attention, um, and really just a fun recap. So, what else stands out for you in the top ten this year? So, so one of the other things that I want to call out is also the top music videos in the UK. Now, this is a really fun look at sort of the music that, that captured people's hearts this year. So we see the, the music video claiming the number one spot um, on YouTube in the UK is actually Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B, Girls Like You. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is really special about the music video list is that it's actually dominated by powerful female voices. We see Cardi B not, you know, making not one, but actually two appearances in the top ten. We've also got some British stars in there as well. Jess Glenn, Dua Lipa, Anne-Marie. You know, these are all really powerful voices, and I was super excited to see that people across the UK were tuning in this year. And YouTube itself remains the most popular place to go for videos like this. And I know from my nephew through to my dad, uh, you know, we've we've got uh, generations uh, all clicking on YouTube to watch it. And what makes it so special, do you think? You know, I think it's the notion of this open platform. It's that people, anyone, you know, anyone anywhere can upload a YouTube video. You can watch, you know, content from across the spectrum. You know, to give you a sense of scale, we see about 400 hours of video content are actually uploaded every minute onto YouTube. So that gives you a sense of the breadth of the content that's available. And that really means that you can also, you know, pretty much find anything that you might be looking for. You can pretty much find whether you're, you know, passionate about, you know, learning a new language or learning how to knit or actually watching longer form content and actually entertainment shows. 
So there's a wide range of stuff on there. Something to suit every taste. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't. We, uh, it is impossible for anybody to have watched all of YouTube, isn't it? So you know. That I would... think. I think that would be. I think that would be physically impossible. Yeah, we we we, we couldn't possibly live long enough now to, to watch absolutely everything. But it does mean that it does help when we got one of these rewind lists to help us pick the best bits that we may not have seen already. That the stuff everyone else is going back to. And the best bit is you can keep watching it over and over again. And although you can buy a subscription to get it ad free it is actually free at point of view apart from the data isn't it exactly right on so absolutely brilliant stuff there and, and what else should we be looking out for then what, what, what's next and where can we go for more information on youtube rewind so definitely go to youtube.rewind slash 2018 and you'll see the full list so you can get everything there but basically click on youtube enjoy but also be a content share as well create something and explore that side of your life as well as uh, yeah, making uh, use of, of what everyone else has done and you could find yourself on the top 10 list next year exactly well that's well that's kind of the special thing is that you know we we see a lot of creators and musical artists especially get discovered on youtube so i would definitely say to those out there who are interested in sort of discovering their own passions and sharing it with others is definitely check youtube out well susan kadricha the communications manager at youtube thank you for joining us thank you so much that's all for this week thank you so much for joining us back with episode 495 as we had another week closer to christmas next week and i think there'll be more fab christmas tunes and i'm pretty much guarantee we've had a month of christmas it's been absolutely lovely uh, meanwhile i'll catch you soon thanks again for joining me i'll see you then for now goodbye from the mill bar 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 yeah goodbye from the mill bar yeah